It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? This is your host, Real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today we have on special guests from the Locked On Pistons, Coop Hill. We're going to talk about the trade. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And today we are going to recap the trade between the Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons. The Washington Wizards traded Muscala, Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari to the Detroit Pistons for Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, and two second-round picks. So we do have special guests on, Kuka Hill from the Locked On Pistons. How you feeling today, man? We just played each other the other day. Uh, Kuzma said, don't be that team, and we ended up being that team. How you feeling today? And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling straight, man. Like I told you guys before we started recording, you guys have the excuse built in, just like the Raptors, that the only time the Pistons were able to beat you is when there was a trade that involved losing some of the players on your roster the day before. So you guys can use that excuse. Those are the only two wins the Pistons have. The Raptors, they made that trade with OG Ananobi. They didn't have half the rotation. Um, I know Gallinari and Muscala wasn't playing much, but still, you guys can use the same excuse. It works. Mm, yeah, we'll take it uh, locked on. If you're watching on YouTube, they have a belt. Uh, emoji or a graphic on here now. So we're kind of fighting for that belt for the first pick of the draft. Uh, so we'll see who gets that one. But just <laughs> recapping the trade between uh, between us, uh, what was your initial reaction to the trade? Uh, so I, I didn't see the trade till like an hour and a half until after it happened. I was asleep when the, the news broke. Um, so I woke up to a bunch of mentions saying, hey, the Pistons finally made a move because you know, you're the, one of the worst teams in NBA history and you haven't done anything, uh, you'd expect a move to happen by then. But nothing happened until this past week. Um, I actually floated out the idea of the Pistons going out to Gallinari a few weeks ago, um, I believe in early December. Just another guy who's like 6'10", hypothetically can shoot. He's been a good shooter throughout his whole career. I know he hasn't shot the ball very well at all this year. Um, but it's a guy who's 6'10", can play the four position, hopefully, and soak up some minutes and provide spacing, which is, you know... The Pistons are an awful basketball team right now, and all they need – not all they need, but one of the main things they need is just taller dudes that can shoot the basketball. Like, that that's that's one of the things they need, and he at least does that. So that was my immediate reaction. Like, oh, I actually thought Gallinari was someone maybe they could get for cheap um, a few weeks ago, so I, I wonder what he's able to do here. Um, if he's able to play at all, like 15 minutes, I don't know how, you know, he's getting up there in age coming off that bad injury last year. So I don't know how much he really has left, if at all. Um, but it has to be better than some of the things the Pistons have been able to put out there. Um, 
The other takeaway I had immediately was um, the fact that the Pistons had to attach a few seconds to Marvin Bagley's contract to get off of it. Um, I had been told for the last few months going all the way back to the offseason that they had been trying to move Marvin Bagley, um, but they just haven't been able to because of his contract. So I figured that they were going to eventually have to attach something to him to move off of him. Um, so I wasn't shocked to see the two second round picks really. Um, just interesting to see that they actually did it. Um, and then my last quick thought was just they went after two more expiring contracts, freeing up um, salary cap for them. And it looks like they might be trying to use these expiring contracts and long-term salary cap to really try to make a move before the deadline. So that was my quick thoughts on it, really. Definitely, yeah. The fact that you guys had to give up two second-round picks to move on from Bagley uh, was, you know, a huge takeaway for sure. But it could be, you know, something like a bigger move. You know, now you guys are projected to have about $64 million in cash space. So it could be a move, you know, setting the table for, you know, free agency next year to bring somebody else in, a veteran to help you guys out uh, for sure. But um, if you had to say, like, because, you know, people always want to say, you know, somebody won the trade. Before we get to the scouting report for Bagley and uh, Isaiah Livers, um, if you had to say which team do you think made out better than the other, if you had to pick pick a side, who do you think made out better? Oh, I definitely think the Wizards won this trade. I think the mm-hmm. Pistons were desperate. I think the Pistons were – um, they had been, like I said, they had been trying to move off of Bagley for, um, for months now. So whatever trade they ended up doing that involved giving up assets with him just to get off his contract, they were going to lose, um, because they didn't have to do, they didn't have to sign him. They traded for him by giving up a rotation player and Trey Lyles, the Kings who plays a lot of minutes for them now, along with a second round pick. So they already gave up assets to get him. They then extended him immediately after to an overpaid contract. And now you have to give up a few more second round picks just to get off of said contract. So Terrible asset management by the Detroit Pistons. So whatever move they did involving Bagley was going to be a loss for them. Um, but if you just ignore the contract of Marvin Bagley, he was one of the few players on the Pistons that I thought actually looked like he was finding a role in the NBA this year. I don't think he's going to be a star ever. I don't think he's ever going to be a starter in the NBA. But he's found his role as a guy who can come off the bench 15 to 20 minutes, score buckets, play his role. He's not going to try to do too much with the ball in his hands. He's an immediate bucket. He's very efficient around the basket. He's going to dunk everything around the basket. He's a really good offensive rebound. He's going to put back a lot of shots. Um, he's going to be a really good lob threat for wherever he plays. And when you do give him some touches to attack closeouts or drive off the perimeter or go to the basket, he scores pretty efficiently. So he was finding his role as a guy. Look, he knows that he's not that great of a defender, but he improved a little bit this year. It's still not a good one. Um, and then cut down some of the usage offensively. It just bought completely into his role, and he was actually being impactful in his minutes. Um, and he was definitely the Pistons' backup, best backup five um, at the moment. Uh, so just the player himself, the, the the Wizards got the best player in the deal. Bagley is a – he's not a great player, but he's fine. He's going to be a good role player for whoever he plays with. I, I think he's probably going to be a backup five for a long time in the NBA. Um, sorry about that. Didn't mean to hit my mic just now, everybody. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the Wizards made out because of that. They also got two second-round picks for a player that, again, is going to be, you know, plays a role and will be impactful in his minutes. Um, we got two second-round picks for him. Um, don't know your guys' salary cap sheet like that, really, so I don't know how much that impacts you guys and how much, um, you know, if that's a big deal or not, his $13 million. Um, but the other player in Isaiah Livers, Livers is a player that I was pretty high on entering into this year. Now, he's been horrible this year. Um, he's he was injured to start the year, just got back like two, three weeks ago, and hasn't played very well since then. Um, 
but he's a very prototypical three and D player last year for the Pistons. His first two years in the league was shooting well from deep, played the right way. was a very smart player. He's a smart team defender, knows how to play the game. Um, at least his first two years would make the right pass. He's going to, he's going to play the right way offensively. He's going to take shots when they're there. If not, he's going to keep the ball moving. Um, I think this year, the situation kind of hurt him a lot in Detroit. Um, I still think he has that NBA future of just a three and D player because of his IQ and his ability to, you know, play team defense, sneaky athleticism on defense. Um, and also just his ability to shoot the basketball. Um, so, hypothetically, the Wizards get the two best players if they're at their, you know, what you expect them to be. Um, I don't think Livers is this bad of a basketball player. I think he's just playing really bad to have this year. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see if the um, if if the Wizards got a nice player in Livers long-term. So, um, And the Pistons basically made this deal for expiring contracts. So, uh, yeah, I think the Wizards definitely won this deal. 100%. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we we understand why the Pistons made it. You perfectly explained it to get off Bagley's contract and free up cap space uh, coming over next year just to get off the contract. Um, Gallo Mascala, I mean, they're expiring deals. So, I mean, you're not looking. You may play him a little bit here and there just to space the floor. But, you know, me and Brandon joke around about Gallo. You know, he's on his last leg in his career. He can barely move. He's kind of like he's kind of a turnstile on defense. He can barely move his feet. You know, we joke about him, you know, AARP and having a cane out there sometimes on defense. Um, and Mescali, you know, he can shoot the three, but um, I, if I had to say who won the trade, you know, it's, it's not like a trade kind of you're looking at like, oh, who won, honestly. But I think both teams kind of did what they wanted to do or what they planned to do in this trade. Uh, and the Wizards just getting two second round picks and two two players who have upside uh, was a huge win for the Wizards because Gallo and Mescali, they were certainly buyout candidates, in my opinion. Just, you know, watch these guys play. So just to get something for them was a win. Uh, but we're going to get to a quick break, and then we're going to get to a Brandon's question. And um, before we do that, we have a quick word about eBay Motors. Today's episode is brought to you by, by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only. Available to U.S. Customers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, make sure you guys check out the Locked On Sports National YouTube. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Yes, sir. So, um... We're going to talk about Martin Bagley III real quick. Um, we kind of touched base a little bit about him. Um, 
coming from a Pistons standpoint, and you probably ask the same from a Kings fan, but are you ready to call him a bust? Or do you think that the bar was way too high for him? And, he, he, you know, people expected a lot out of him. Is he more of a role guy? So are you ready to call him a bust, or he's just the, the ceiling's way too high for him? So I, I don't like calling players bust. Um, I, I just I don't like doing it because – you know, these guys, like especially Marvin Bagley, which you guys are going to probably learn quickly. He's a very good dude. Very good dude. Very, very good teammate. Um, great guy off the floor. Does a lot in the community. He did a lot in the Pistons community. So he is a great dude. Um, he's going to be a great teammate. Um, if he, but just moving all that to the side, if you want to talk about what's like a bust in like, you know, in that, in those terms, like he's not Kwame Brown. Like he's not like, He's not he's not unplayable. Like he's he should be a role player in the NBA for a long time. Like he he's not going to be I don't think he's going to be out the NBA anytime soon. Like he's a really good offensive player, a really really good scorer, um really good lob threat, has really nice hands, um can score in isolation, can score in the post. Like this is a, he he has really good offensive skill. Um and even it didn't happen a lot, but he did flash a little bit I thought of improvement as a passer when defense is, you know, uh, collapsed on him a little bit inside. Now, I wouldn't call him a good passer at all, but I think he is like a better passer this year than he was last year. Um, and again, he's just a guy who I thought was drafted too high for his position. He shouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted. Um, although, if you talk to some draft people, um, they, I, I, I think he was a good prospect. I think him as a prospect, he was a pretty high prospect. Now, should he have went above Luca, Trey? Probably not. But like him as a prospect... I don't think it was too crazy to see him go high in the draft. I just, you know, he had an unfortunate situation in Sacramento. He had a lot of injuries to start his career. Um, and I think that hindered a lot of his development. Like I know a lot of people thought coming to the NBA, he was going to be able to expand his range. I think I listened to, or saw a quote from your guys as head coach that, Hey, we think we can expand his range out to the three point line. You know, that was something the Pistons thought maybe too, but it just hasn't been something he's been able to develop to his game. Um, so I, I wouldn't call him a bust because he's a role player. He can play in the NBA. He's going to be in the NBA for a minute. And I think you guys are going to like him. He's not hes not a great defender. You're probably going to witness him give up stuff defensively, even though I do think he got a little better as well in drop coverage um, defensively. I also think that he's a decent rebounder, but when he's like – he's a good rebounder for, I think, for his role, but when you have him as like the only five out there, like when he's the only big man and you're asking him to – you know, cover for everybody else when they're weak defenders or weak rebounders, it's going to pop that he's not, you know, a good enough rebounder for that. Um, but offensively, man, I think you guys are going to really like him. He's a really good role threat. He sets good screens. He knows how to slip. Actually, let me not say he sets good screens. He knows how to set screens at the right angle to really open up some lanes. He doesn't hit people very often, but he knows how to slip at the right time. He knows how to create an angle to get the uh, get the ball handler some space to find him on the roll. Um, and again, he has a really good offensive skill set. So, no, I want to call him a bust, and I think you guys are probably going to like him a little bit. If you just look past his contract, I, I think you guys probably will like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say – sorry to cut you off, Brandon. I wouldn't say, like, Darko Milicic. Yeah, it, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, see, the thing is, I was really young for that one, so it doesn't hurt me as much, but there are some older listeners that will listen to this and be, like, heartbroken over that one. So yeah. – I it doesn't hit me as deep, but it does hit a lot of my listeners deep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially I mean, when you got Carmelo behind them, Bosch, D Wade, you know. Yeah, definitely, but definitely was tough. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, nah, I mean, I'm a big Marvin Bagley III fan. I always have been, man. You're coming out of Duke. Um, and, you know, people, you know, two, kind of two points to look at, man. Is number one, I, I'm with you, man. I don't really look at calling people bus because, I mean, I mean, it all. there's so many factors people don't realize. You know, the average fan doesn't realize that system is a factor. Coaching is a factor. You know, where's the organization at? Are they a rebuilding team? Are they on the – already on the fence or they can pen, you know there's so many different factors man so i'm very careful to label anybody a bus and i noticed say Kwame brown man you know Kwame brown look in my opinion man this is a whole nother video man but he's an example of wrong system you know i, I believe he would have been a different player if he didn't have michael jordan in dc and he had time to develop but um you know looking at marvin bagley the third man um you kind of mentioned it. he comes in he does his job um i think that kind of looking at the trade i think that at a certain degree both teams kind of won because looking at livers and looking at Marvin Bagley, look, we're hurting for rebounding. I mean, we were probably the worst rebounding team in the NBA. I mean, and you, if you look at, you mentioned him being the lone center. Well, it's kind of like that with Gafford, man. You know, right now Gafford is doing what he can, man, but he can only do so much. So I think with him playing in tandem with Daniel Gafford, I think we will be better in interior defense, which is another issue for us because rebounding and defense, man, we just struggle. We struggle so so i mean i mean we had the pistons looking like man you guys look like a championship team with ball movement and you know we're just so slow in rotations and you know the list goes on so yeah I, i'm i'm very careful using bus man i think the biggest thing is his draft position gets him you know at that draft position you're expecting a guy to come in be a starter be a cornerstone and he's just not that but he's definitely a guy who could be a role player he can come in do his job fit his role i think he will be an asset in dc um you mentioned him being a bad contract i mean you know next year is his last year so for us to be able to get two second round picks, I think it was a big move for us, man, because it's not a long term relationship with him. I mean, next year, you know, we have a year and a half to kind of see what we have with him. And if he doesn't pan out, then we let him walk. And if he does, you could potentially find a diamond in the rough. And the same could be said of Isaiah Livers, man. I mean, I, you know, and it kind of goes into my next question. Um, looking at Isaiah Livers, man, um, as far as the Wizards' perspective, is he a long term piece? Because I know if we extend that qualifying offer, He's a restricted free agent, and then we can retain him. So kind of look at what's going on in Washington. We're a rebuilding team. We need young talent. Would you say that he's a long-term asset for the Washington Wizards? I wouldn't call him a long-term asset. He's older. He's I know he's in his third year, but he's 25 years old. Um, so I wouldn't say he's like a long-term piece. I don't think his ceiling's very high either. It's not like this is a dude that could become a star or, I, or even a starter in the NBA. I, I don't think he can be that. Um, but, again – like, I thought his peak after his first two years in the NBA, I thought he could be someone, like, on one of these super teams that have, like, KD, like the Suns, for example, like a KD. If you have, like, three superstars and you just need, like, a fifth starter that plays defense, shoots threes, and plays role, that's a situation where he'd be a nice starter at his peak. Like, I thought that would be where he would end up in the NBA. And the injury that he suffered in the off right before the season started, I think has really hurt him. Um, Through the first two years of his career – he shot 37%, 37.8% from deep. Um, and he was playing behind Sadiq Bay for a lot of those minutes. So he didn't get a lot of minutes. Um, and he has dealt with injuries going all the way back to Michigan. He Michigan, he had injuries the first two years in Detroit. He had injuries before this season, he had injuries. So this is an injury-prone player. But this is a dude who's a very smart basketball player, very smart team defender, constantly talks defensively for a guy his, or for a guy who's been in the league for three years. He's older, but um very good team defender, I think. Sneaky athletic defender as well. He's probably going to have a few chase down wow moments um, for the rest of the year with you guys that's going to, that's going to pop. Um, and then offensively, when he's just limited to his role, 
of just catch and shoot threes. If it's not there, swing the pass, keep the ball moving, cut to the basket, like all that stuff. He's fan. I, I thought he was great in that role. When, in, through his first two years in the NBA, I thought he was great in that role. This season, I, I, I don't know if the numbers back up on his usage rate, but um, actually, let me just look. Real, yeah, I mean, not really. It looks the same. But they asked him to do a little bit more. He was taking a little bit more off the dribble shots. He was taking a little bit more pump fake one dribble pull-ups. He was trying to get to the rim a little bit more. And then the overall situation of the Pistons, not a lot of structure going on because of how bad they were, a lot of toxicity going on with the, with the franchise. I feel like that's just really hurt players that aren't skillfully great. Like guys like Cade Cunningham, they'll eventually figure it out because they're just good enough to, you know, eventually rise above and they'll at least do good. For guys like that that need good players around them and need a good system and function functional offense around them to really like be able to do their role, I think it hurts them the most. So I think that's why he's had such a bad year and why and the injury as well as why it hurt him. Um, do I think you guys could extend the qualifying offer for him? Maybe. Um, I, I think he's a role player at best. And if he's able to get to where he was the last two years, I think you guys will like him because he's not going to try to do too much. He's going to play the right way. He's going to talk. He's going to play defense. And he knows who he is. Um, so hopefully, if he can get to that, I think people will like him a lot because he's a smart player and he knows how to play the game. He can shoot. If he's going to continue to shoot, was it thirty three percent from the field and then twenty eight percent from deep? Like, yeah, it's just it's done for with him because that's supposed to be his bread and butter. But if he can get back to where he was the first two years, I think that's a really good get for you guys. As a guy who can come off the bench, seventh, eighth, ninth guy off the bench and give you like twenty minutes a game, I think that's a good get. Yeah, I agree, man. I think right now, you know, I definitely see a guy who could be a good role player for us if he can kind of pick it up. Um, so, because right now, obviously, the emphasis as far as the Washington Wizards is Bilal Kulabali. You know, the new front office, that that's their guy. And, you know, we are kind of transitioning to D.C. Right now, you know, we're trying to get a lot of these veteran guys off the books so we can officially start a rebuild because we haven't even officially started a rebuild yet. We're kind of still in that gray area. We have vets and young guys fighting for minutes. So, after the deadline is really our time to really start to rebuild. So, yeah, I think he's a very intriguing um, player, man. I mean, if he comes in and does his job, I mean, we might have something. Bagley, like I said, I'm a fan of Bagley. I mean, I, I guess if you just if you know what to expect from him and kind of set your expectations right when it comes to Bagley, then you're not going to be disappointed. He's a guy who's going to come in, rebound, score in the paint, you know, show effort on defense. So I think it's definitely a win for the Wizards. So um, we're going to talk about the draft a little bit next. But before we do tonight's episode – is brought to you by Better Help. It's 2024, and I know a lot of people are trying to change who you are, whether it's physically, mentally, or even spiritually. So if you're trying to work on yourself mentally, I definitely recommend Better Help because if you um if you're thinking of starting therapy, give Better Help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is key. So all you got to do is celebrate the progress you've already made just by thinking about going with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10 or 10% off your first month. And that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tonight's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. 
the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, bets in a new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays, and a lot more. So all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So um, both our teams are um, rebuilding teams. <laughs> We're obviously going to be top five in the lottery. Um, looking at the makeup of your roster, um, who if, if the draft was today, who do you see the Pistons would be the number one target in the draft? So I haven't done much draft stuff at all yet because – for the majority part of the season, I, I told myself, "Ku, if you start looking at draft stuff already, you're not going to make it through the season. You're just, you're not. It's already tough to watch them every single night. If you already start looking over to July and December, like it's done for you. You're cooked. You're not going to make it. So I've tried to avoid the draft stuff as far as possible. Um, what I'll say about the Pistons with the draft, I think it's very, it's a, it's a good chance they trade their pick, whatever pick they end up with. I think it's possible that they trade." I know that this cap space that they've acquired from what I've heard, uh, I've told my listeners this multiple times over the last week or so from what I understand their idea is to not, they're not going to be able to use this cap space in free agency because they're going to use it up in trades. They're going to absorb bigger contracts um, and trade out their hope is to then trade out expiring contracts to convince teams. Hey, we don't maybe not have the best assets to give you player wise, but we can give you a few picks along with a clean cap sheet immediately this offseason to enter into the rebuild or whatever you want to do and give yourself, you know, get off that long-term contract. Um, so I think that's what their idea is. Um, and with that being said, I don't think they're in a position and I don't, I'm not saying for sure they'll trade it. I, I, I think they'll think about it and it's a serious conversation they're going to have. Um, but I don't think they're in a position where they want to add another 19, 18 year old. I think Cade is in a position where he's taken that step this year, where he's good enough to lead a team, he just needs help. He needs guys around him that can play and can and, and elevate him to another level as well. So, um, if Cade was struggling this year and the first ten games of this year is how he played every you know after that, then I say okay, maybe you need to go a little slower. But ever since the first ten games, Cade has been fantastic. He's been he looks like the number one overall pick. He's ready. He's taken that step that people wanted to see him take. So now I don't think you can add another 19-year-old and expect them, hey, Kate's camp to be patient and be like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're not going to be very good next year, but be be patient with these young guys. Like they're past that point now. It's going to be year four. This year is supposed to be the year they took a jump and they, they're going to be the worst team ever, like according to record. Like they're battling the 73 Sixers for the worst team ever. So like I, I don't think they're in a position where they're going to – I don't think they should draft it. And I know that it's something that they're thinking about moving on from. So that's why I'd give with the draft. I think there's a very good chance that the Pistons um, are not picking at the top of the draft, no matter how bad their record is. 
Yeah, I figured I'd ask you that, man, because I know, I mean, I'm with you, man. I try not to look at the draft, man, because it just depresses me because we're already pretty much ready for the draft without being ready. The season the starts and then it's over. Like for teams like the teams like the Wizards, the Pistons, the Hornets, like the season starts and then just like that, it's over. Like everyone else gets to enjoy it for a few months. Mm. It's just <laughs> over. It's like, like our season might as well not have even started, basically. It's like. Right. So what was up with the Wingstop? Did, did the Pistons have a deal with Wingstop <laughs> if they want a game or something? Because I, I saw some tweets about it, but I didn't know what the real deal was. about So it. Wingstop had a deal. After, uh, I don't know if it was before the year that they already had it or if it like started after they won like their first game or something. I don't know. But the deal yeah. was every Piston win, you'd get five free wings from like a Detroit area from Wingstop, whatever. Um, so after, when they started off the year two and one, everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, great. Wingstop was, you know, it is what it is. Then they went on like a 30 game losing streak. And it was so funny because like at the beginning of the year, Wingstop had like a picture on all the, like the Pistons account would tweet out like Pistons win and then have Wingstop, a logo of Wingstop on it. Mm. And each time they lost, like the Wingstop logo would get farther and farther away from the score. Like it'd start right here. And then like by lost 20, it was like in the bottom right corner. And then like <laughs> lost 25 wasn't even on the screen no more. Like it was just like, they were just like, completely ignoring it. So it became like a national meme that Wingstop was just like, <laughs> that cursed the Pistons. And then when they finally won, uh, it was a, everyone felt bad for Wingstop. Cause they, everyone was saying like, they're about to be like, <laughs> they're, about, they're about to be like taxed more than they ever have that night once the Pistons won. Everyone was going to be at Wingstop. So, yeah, right. it was, it was, it, it was a funny thing going on. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, but no, there's, there's some other guys on your team too that <coughs> reportedly were, I, I thought they were going to be traded. I mean, they, they still possibly could be traded. I mean, James Wiseman, he probably will, he's going to get more playing time where he should now since Bagley's gone, but he still certainly could be traded. Uh, Jay Nivey, of course, there was reports about him not being happy with his role and his situation. The whole he didn't get on the flight or something like that. If I'm if I'm if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, but how about those guys? I think the Wizards should should take a look at some of those guys. I know Brandon was big on James Wiseman, but I, I now I don't think we'll really get him because we have Bagley. I mean, they they still could go after him, but how 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 available are those guys at this point? So I think um, Jay Nivey. I don't think that he's actively available. But what I think is I'm I'm pretty sure that like a few months ago, all the Pistons core four was off the table no matter what. Like Cade, Jane, Ivy, Asar Thompson, Jalen Duran, they're not traded. We're not trading them. It, it, you know, it is we're keeping them. I think now at this point, I think everyone's uh, the only person that's safe is Cade. So I think it's a possibility that they could trade Ivy. I think it's possible they could trade Asar. I think it's possible they could trade Duran. Now, do I think it's likely? Do I Would I put my money on it? I don't know. But I do, I would say at this point on January 16th, they are more willing to breaking up the core four for another piece that will help them win closer in the future um, and help Cade right now. I know they're more willing to do that than they were a few months ago. I don't know if that – I don't know if they actually will pull the trigger on something like that. My gut tells me they'll be too – they'll get cold feet and not do anything. Um so I wouldn't say Jane Ivey is necessarily available. I think the only way they do them is if they're getting like a an all-star in return. Like if they think they're getting an all-star return that can help them immediately. I think that's the only way they would move off of them. Um, it would have to be like a – I think they have a very strict uh, market that they'd want to trade uh, Ivy for. So I don't know if he's really available for the Wizards. Um, as far as James Wiseman, I, I cooked up a deal on, on Fanspo like last month 
and my initial trade offer was James Wiseman in a second for Danilo Gallinari. I thought that's what, what was going to happen. James Wiseman's younger. Um, he's a guy that everyone seems to think has, you know, unlimited potential. Um, a lot of people seem to think, you know, that if he had more minutes, he may pop or whatever, all that stuff. Um, and I know you guys are in a position where you obviously not winning many games or in a position where you guys can give young players some opportunities, see if anyone pops, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, I thought Wiseman was the better option for you guys because of that. Uh, whereas Bagley's a little bit more known. He's well into, like he knows what his role is now. I don't think there's much expanding beyond that. It's not like he's going to hit another level. I think he, he's more of like, you know what you have in Bagley. Whereas Wiseman, I think you, I, I think you know what you have in Wiseman at this point. I don't think he's very good at all. I, like he's not good defensively at all. He's very bad defensively, um, like really bad defensively. And then offensively, he has good touch around the rim, but he, uh, the thing with Bagley or Wiseman is, you'll watch Wiseman and look, he's another good dude. He's a very good kid, very you know, a good teammate, like all that stuff. And I, I mean, you kind of can look at it because he barely even played in college either. Like he hasn't played much basketball, so it makes sense, I guess. But you'll watch him sometimes offensively, and I. Like I found myself questioning, like, does he know the, like what sport he's playing? Like, does he like does he know what he's doing out there? Because a lot, of, like, he doesn't. There's a lot of times where he just doesn't know how to set a screen or which direction to set a screen or like, hey, guys driving to the rim, I probably shouldn't be standing in their way asking for a post up. Like that, that those kind of things. Like, he just doesn't have a high basketball IQ right now offensively. So he definitely has raw skill. He definitely does. One hundred percent has a lot of raw skill to him. It's just that at a certain point, raw skill has to be acknowledged as that, just raw skill. So that's where I'm at right now with Wiseman. And I think a lot of the Pistons community is, which is why I thought maybe another team would look at him and be like, hey, if not them, maybe us. And, you know, he has potential. He has a lot of raw skill. Maybe we can craft him into something. So I thought Wiseman was the better option for you guys. But uh, Bagley's the better player right now. So who knows? Oh, Brandon, you can go ahead because I know you were you were you were interested in James Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, I was because of the fact that he's kind of outlined, man. I mean, he's young. Now, I, I'm glad you kind of brought the point that he really didn't have a college career. I mean, he was hurt. You know, he didn't play much in Memphis, and he, he's very, very raw. But I thought that he could have been a good pickup, man, because right now we're trying to see what we got in young pieces, man. And like I said, I mean, the only guy right now that the emphasis is on as far as the Wizards is Black Kulabali. I mean, didn't he got the bag, but I still think he, he has a very tradable contract. Uh, Corey Kispert, how does his new front office view him? Johnny Davis, he already back with a go-go, so he, he ain't expecting much from him. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jason Wiseman, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. When you watch him, there's times where you see the potential, and then there's times where he might as well be on the moon, man. Like, there's times where it's like, what are you doing, man? But I think with the Wizards, see if you can work with a guy. And I think Bagley, you know, I'm with you, man. I, I remain a really big Bagley guy. And I thought that we were going to acquire either Bagley or James Wiseman just to see what we had in, in them as a player and see if this coaching staff can coach them up, change the scenery, you know, change of system, so many different factors. So, but yeah, I mean, that's intriguing to think, you know, at James Wiseman, I, I hope he figures it out, man. But I, I agree with you, man. Mar Marvin I mean, he's going to get the rest of the season now to try to figure out with Detroit. They yeah. made this move be to make room for him to continue to get as many minutes at the back of five for the rest of the year. So, if it, I mean, he's going to get every chance this year to, to capitalize on it, prove me wrong, and, and secure a long-term NBA contract somewhere. So, I, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I don't want anyone to be, go out to the NBA and not get their money. I want everyone to get their money. 
I'm not pocket watching like that, but like he'll get his chance. I just, I just don't, he hasn't shown me reason to believe it's going to happen. He's a freak athlete, absolute freak athlete for his size, incredible raw skill, but that it has to become more than that at a certain point um, in his career. So we'll see if it happens. Yeah. To me, um, Ivy, uh, if he wants to ask out, I'd be a happy guy because oh, I'm a yeah. big Ivy fan. Uh, <laughs> he certainly had a good game the other game uh, the other night against the Wizards. Same thing with Alec Burks, but um, a Wiseman, I, I'm not too big on Wiseman myself, but I, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him just because the upside. You know, he's seven, what, he's seven foot one, super athletic, like you said. He's, there still is some talent there for sure, but somebody's really got to work with him and lock in. He's got to lock in as well himself. But Bagley, yeah, I mean Bagley. I've been a big fan of Bagley, even at Duke. Like, I understand why the Kings took him at number two. I know compared to, like, Luka, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, Shea Gilgis was drafted after him. So many guys, like Miles Bridges, Macau Bridges. So, unfortunately, you know, he's, he's like, looked at as a bust just because of all the guys drafted after him, unfortunately. But uh, the talent, he, he's he's super talented, and I think, he's a, he, I think his role is to find now a center off the bench or a power forward off the bench. Just an athletic big. He can he, He's a good offensive rebounder. Uh, he takes charges, so he 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 plays with effort out there. He doesn't shoot the three well, but the form is good. He's a lefty. I forgot that he was a lefty, and still, you know, I'm paying attention to him. But um, the, he's he's really talented, man. He's he's a talented player. Six ten can jump out the gym. He just reminds me kind of how like how Jabari Parker didn't work out with Duke too. Another another second pick of the draft there. So talented, but for whatever reason, it just didn't come together. So. I'm excited to see what we'll be getting Bagley for this year and next year. I'm not expecting a world-breaking thing, but I think he can, you know, kind of kind of revive his career a little bit and, and you know, end, end this career on a, on a good note and, and get paid again for another team. Yeah, I, I really like Bagley. I, I was actually, you know, I I wanted them to move. I didn't want them to sign him to the contract that he was signed to because it was an overpay. I knew they were going to eventually have to attach something to get rid of him, and sure enough, they did. But just looking at him as the player, I appreciate Bagley because, again, he's a great guy off the court. He's a great person in the community, great teammate. Um, but also because he act, 100% gives all effort he possibly can. If it's something that he can't do out there, it's not because he's not trying. Like, he's going to try. You're never going to question his effort. You're never going to question his effort defensively. He's just not very good defensively. But he's going to try. He's going to give it everything he can defensively. And he's a very talented offensive player. Um, and I have a lot of respect for players like Bagley who – get drafted super high. A lot of guys can hold that status and be like, hey, I was a number two overall pick. I want this. I want that. I want blah, blah, blah. Bagley has reached the point in his career where he he accepted what he is. He knows what he can do. He knows what he can't do. And he bought into his role. And he was, I thought, exceeding in that role. He was he was playing fantastic in his role. Um, so I root for a guy like that. I think you guys are really going to like him. Mm, thank you, man. Um, I like him. I mean, he's had some big games. He's had a couple of double-doubles for you guys. Some big, excuse me, big rebounding games and a um, couple couple good scoring games. Uh, Brandon, do you have any other questions? Oh no, I'm good, man. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what uh, Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers going to do on Thursday night, man. So definitely appreciate you coming if, on, man. If anytime back, I'm promise you, if back anytime Bagley gets 25 plus minutes, he's going to get a double double. Like it's it's mm. just he's a like he's almost like a I compare him a little bit to Michael Beasley, to where he's literally a point per yeah, minute guy. I can see that too. Like, like it's he's going to be able, if he plays ten minutes, he's going to score ten points. He play, like he's going he's going to score quick. Very, and it's not going to come off high usage either. He's going to score off offensive putbacks, lob threat, uh, dump offs. Like it's going to be very fast how he scores. He's just very efficient. It can score instantly. So the more minutes he gets, the more numbers he puts up. The problem is just the more minutes he plays, 
the more def- the more his defense starts to become noticeable and impact you on that end. So you got to balance the both. But, yeah, this dude, he's a flat-out scorer. He's very talented. Yeah. I think he's going to fit well. I think Jordan Poole, pick and roll with him, Tyus Jones, um, Kuzma as well. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be a good lob threat out there too. <clears throat> yeah, man. And, uh, and kind of off the cuff here, man, um, uh, breaking news, man. Um, the Raptors and the Pacers actually in talks. Three first rounders. Ask yeah, Siaka, man. So the hot stove is warming up, man. <laughs> but now, nah, man, we'll go ahead and roll tonight. But hey, man, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Um, before we roll, man, is there anything you wanted to plug real fast? Yeah, just you know, listen to Locked On Pistons. Hit me up on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I hope uh Locked On Pistons listeners appreciated uh hearing this perspective as well. Um, and I wish you guys, the Wizards, the best, whatever the best is, whether it's losing a lot of games to get the first pick, seeing development or winning some games, whatever that is, I wish you guys the best. Yeah, I definitely expect yeah. us to lose as many, as many games as we can. So yeah. definitely more, appreciate More wing stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we go ahead and roll, man. Definitely appreciate your time. Um, definitely, definitely check him out over at Locked on Pistons, man. Definitely really good content. Cannot recommend him enough. So uh, definitely appreciate you guys, man, uh, rocking with us tonight. Anyway, you get your podcast, five-star review is much appreciated on YouTube side. Definitely like, subscribe. If you're not a member of Locked on Wizards, definitely definitely rock with us, man. We have a lot of fun on here. I mean, even though it's a bad year, we're going to have fun on here. We're definitely gearing up towards the draft and free agency. So hail to the Wizards and see you guys next time. And peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.